This is a fella named uh, Randy Posh. He's a professor at uh, Carnegie Mellon uh, University. He found out he had pancreatic cancer and sort of got, you know, the opportunity to give a last lecture. In fact, that book is the last lecture. They uh, videoed it, and because he knew he was dying, he had this opportunity to say things that maybe normal people wouldn't have the opportunity to say. And so they video this last lecture. It kind of explodes on the Internet. People uh, you know, are watching it. Uh, Oprah finds out about it, has him as a guest, and, and that sort of thing. Now, I'll just have to tell you, his last lecture is remarkably unremarkable. He says the same old stuff that you've always heard. What's interesting to me is how much press this got. And I think it's mostly because people saw a guy that knew he was about to die and they wanted to watch and see what it looked like if you knew you only had a little time to live, how you'd live. Now, just a little information for you. I'm in the same situation, not exactly the same, but I, I, I know the date I'm going to die. And I know you all just brought me on, and now you're thinking, oh, goodness grief, we have to get another pastor. Well, not, it's not for a while, but I got online, and there is a um, life expectancy website. They ask you questions like your family history. Do you smoke? Do you drink? Do you exercise? How much stress do you have? Uh, really, my life got, uh, they, they cut about seven years off when they found out I was a Baptist preacher. So that, that stress thing hurt me. They ask about, you know, do you eat fatty foods? How many times you go to LJS, you know, Long John Silver's? That didn't help me any. They asked me my weight. I told them my weight. Of course, I gave them the weight I was in high school. Uh, stuff like that. And evidently, the date I'm going to die is Friday, September 5, 2042. Um, it's a good day, honestly. It's right after Labor Day. I hope I don't die early because Labor Day really throw my attendance to my funeral way out, you know. So I'm thinking about who can be there and that kind of thing. And, and, and everybody, you need to understand, is going to die. It's kind of how it works. And you can count on two things, right? They, they say two things you can count on. Uh, great service at Chick-fil-A and somebody wearing pajamas at uh, Walmart. That's not exactly what they say. Um, two things that are guaranteed. Death and taxes, right? Death and taxes. They're guaranteed. By the way, I wore my sport court and everything because I started with a professor and I thought, well, I'd look professorial today. So that's kind of the deal. Now, here's what we need to understand. Everybody's going to leave a legacy. You're going to leave one. It's not as if you get a choice. You could say, well, I don't really want to leave a legacy. Well, you don't really have a choice. You're going to leave one. The question is, what legacy are you going to leave? Now, here's the good news for all of us. If you're breathing today, you have an opportunity to influence the legacy you're going to leave, which is great. I mean, maybe the greatest thing you've ever heard is you get to shape your legacy. I get to shape my legacy. All the bad stuff I've done, it's in the past. I can make amends for some of that. I can shape my future, and I can shape my legacy. And so we've been looking at this kind of verse for the last couple of weeks. Remember, we, we talked about this idea that if you were to live like you were dying, then, then you would uh, be more forgiving and you'd build relationships. And if you had a limited amount of time, that you would make certain that you, you did certain things. You wouldn't waste your life if you knew you didn't have much life left. And we looked at this verse 
We've been looking at this verse. Teach us to make the most of our time so that we may grow in wisdom. It's a, it's a great, powerful verse. And so if we knew and we all should know that someday we're going to pass away, we can live like we're dying. We can make the most of every moment. And we have this opportunity not just to leave a legacy, but to leave a positive legacy. Now, I've got to tell you, as a pastor, I occasionally have the opportunity to, to conduct funerals. And I, I conducted one when I was in Michigan. It was the oddest funeral I've ever done. Um, I, whenever I'm going to do a funeral, I meet with the family to talk about the deceased person. I didn't know this family. They kind of called me. They knew somebody in our church, but I didn't know them, and they really didn't know us. And it was kind of one of those deals where I, I was doing them um, a service by, by conducting the funeral. But I hadn't, I'd never met their mother died, and I'd never met their mother. And these three siblings came in to talk about their mom. And when they do this, you want to ask them about, okay, what, you know, what kind of mom was she? And tell me the good things. Because in a funeral, here's what you want to do. You've got to find some positive stuff to talk about the person that died. And, and sometimes it's things like, you know, uh, he, he, could, he was a great mechanic, or uh, he fixed stuff for us, or he provided, or she was a great cook, or, you know, it's, it's stuff like that a lot of times. And we were kind of in the middle of that a little bit. And I'll never forget it. It was the oddest conversation I've ever had. A son, two daughters. And the son kind of stops me because I'm trying to probe for positive things. And he said to me, uh, he said, Pastor, you need to know something about our mother. It's like, well, okay, what do I need to know? Uh, she was horrible to us. And I, I'm thinking, well, he's, that's a, is that a joke? And he said, she, she was perhaps the worst mother you could have. It was really a sad moment. And, and so I kind of, I put my notepad and my pen down and I said, well, tell me what you're talking about. And evidently she was harsh with them and, and, and she belittled them. And we kind of had a, like a counseling session about how we could get through that and, and that sort of thing. And, and that, that woman left a legacy. Now, it wasn't a positive legacy. We don't have to leave a positive legacy. We're going to leave some legacy. And the Bible gives us some principles about this. And so why don't we look at some things we can do if we want, if we want to leave a positive legacy, what, how can we do it? Because we're going to leave one, let's make it positive. All right, so Jesus tells a story this, this, this particular time. And he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and obeys me is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. I love the way Jesus taught because he painted these word pictures. He kind of gave them a, a picture. Uh, it's like a house, uh, someone who builds a house on a rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against this house, it won't collapse But because it's built on a rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will fall with a mighty crash. We lived in Michigan for about eight years. I don't know if you know this, but Lake Michigan on the side where we live has a beach. I didn't even know that was possible. Lake Michigan is huge. And on uh, the, the, the east side of the lake, you know, the wind blows the sand. We, had sandy, we had sandy beaches. And occasionally, we would go and we would build sandcastles uh, on the beach in Muskegon. You couldn't swim in the water because it's so cold. But you could, build, you could play around. You kind of get in a little bit. But we would build sandcastles. 
In fact, I think I have a picture one. Yeah, that's one we built. Um, we kind of threw that together in a couple hours. It, it really didn't take long. Now, if I were to tell you, we built one right before we left Michigan a couple of years ago, and I'm going to go visit Mallory, one of our kids that lives in Michigan. Let's say I'm going to go visit in you know, a couple months. And if I were to say to you, yeah, I'm going to go back to the beach, and I'm going to see if the castle is still there, you, you would know the answer, right? You, you know that castle's not going to be there because castles built of sand don't last. And Jesus was saying, listen, castles built with sand don't last. Lives built on, on unstable material, with unstable material, on Unstable, an unstable foundation just don't last. So the, the point is this. Jesus says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Jesus is like, hey, listen and obey my stuff, the things I taught. And you will have a fruitful life. Now some of you guys are going, fruit? I don't even like fruit. You know, my wife makes me eat fruit. I don't like that. Well... Understand the metaphor in scripture for a fruitful life is if you have an apple tree, the one thing you want from the apple tree is for it to do what? Produce what? Apples. You want apples from your apple tree. You want oranges from your orange tree. You want whatever from your whatever tree. You, you want it to be productive. And what he's saying is if you want to have a full, meaningful, productive life, then you remain in my teachings. You learn from me and you do the things I say. What's interesting to me is you don't even have to be a follower of Christ. If you listen to his teachings and obey them, you are going to be a fruitful, better person, even if you don't follow him. Because what he teaches is right, and it helps you grow. And so he's saying, hey, if you want to have a purposeful life, then what you need to do is listen to my teaching and follow those teachings. In another place, Jesus said, um, the way to identify a tree or a person is by the kind of fruit it produces. So, Let's say you were to examine your life. Now, I, I, I like to listen to books. I'm not the greatest reader ever, but I have discovered that if I, I get a book on, on uh, I, I get on Audible, and you can download it on your phone, and when I'm walking, I listen to a book, and that kind of gives me a chance to, to read, read, if you will. And I was listening to a book the other day called The Artisan's Soul by a guy named Erwin McManus. It's quite good. And he talked about the idea that... We all have um, times in our lives where we have like bad scenes. Uh, we we uh, make mistakes. We blow up when we don't need to. We, um, we catch ourselves. Have you ever caught yourself doing something and you say to yourself, I can't believe I just did that? Maybe it's driving or maybe it's dealing with a person or maybe it's dealing with your child and, and you just sort of blow up and... And you know you shouldn't, and it's really kind of not you all the time, but it kind of is you in that moment. And he talks about, we, we all have this capability of being our worst selves, but we also have the capability of being our best selves. Because sometimes we even surprise ourselves with how good we are. We'll be magnanimous or generous, or we'll say something that we think, man, that was really good. It's not something I would normally say. I'm glad I said it. This was productive. And so God gives us these glimpses of what we can become for the good or for the bad. 
And what we want to gravitate toward is doing the things that help us be the best self that we can be. So if we're going to be fruitful for Christ, it looks like this. The Bible tells us the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are kind of the things that we're looking for. Now, there's a fruit tree, evidently, there's a fig tree in Jerusalem that was alive when Jesus was around. So 2000, it's a 2,000-year-old tree. It's amazing, and it still produces figs. And, and a, fig t- a fig tree is something that you expect is going to produce figs. It's kind of how it works. Now, the reason that the Bible doesn't say, maybe you're a, a steak and potatoes guy. And you're like, I don't really like fruit. Well, okay. But it doesn't say... The stake of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Because here's the deal. To get the stake, you have to kill the cow. I don't know if y'all know that. That's how it works. Got to kill the cow in order to get the stake. All right? Now, once you kill the cow, again, you might not know this. This might be a revelation to you. You don't get no more stakes from that cow. You know, there's no more. It doesn't keep producing. So that's the reason, I think, that this tree metaphor is used. It produces And it keeps producing. And love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are produced. And you can keep producing them, which is awesome. Because this is something that just never runs out in your life. Which is a good thing. So, obedience leads to faithfulness or fruitfulness. And fruitfulness will leave a legacy. Jesus said, I appoint you to go and produce fruit that will last. Love, joy, peace, patience. And so when you analyze your life, am I producing love, joy, peace, patience, those sorts of things? Here is kind of the formula. Obedience to God is the action. Fruitfulness is the now result. Legacy is the long-term result. That makes sense? Yeah? No? Uh, Is this on? Hello? I mean, I'm obedient to what the Bible tells me to do. The production of that, the product of that is I'm fruitful. I have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. I have these things. And because of that, because I have this fruit in my life, then I leave a positive legacy. Now, a guy named Paul, he wrote much of the New Testament. He writes this book called Philippians. He writes to a church in a town called Philippi. And this part of what he wrote was this. For me, life finds all its meaning in Christ. Death also has its benefits. Well, the benefit of of death is you get to be in heaven, right? Um, Suppose I go on living in my body, then I will be able to carry uh, on my work. I'll bear a lot of fruit. So while I'm here, my ambition is to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things I'm working to produce. And those are producible in every life. Every person in the room today can do those things. So, the big picture is this. You, me, we can all be, uh, we can all leave a positive legacy. You have the opportunity. So, I want want you to walk out of here today understanding, well, I can do that because you can do this. This isn't beyond you. 
Now, too many times people think, okay, the positive legacy has to, has to, uh, has to do something with fame. I've got to be famous. Or I have to uh, have fortune so I can leave money, that kind of thing. Or uh, I have to have power so I can leave a positive legacy. Look, name recognition is here today and gone tomorrow. I'm going to give you three examples. Mark Roberts. Anybody ever heard of Mark Roberts? He um, did that running of the bulls thing in Spain. You've heard of that, right? He's the only person that's ever done it naked. So that is, is in a, that is, you have to wonder if his mom has a scrapbook. Uh, anyway, uh, that was his thing. Um, what about, anybody ever heard of Plenty Wingo? Anybody? Plenty Wingo? Plenty Wingo, on a kind of a, a bet, on a dare, decided to walk around the world backwards. Around the world backwards. He made it, let's see, 8,078 miles. He got to Istanbul, Turkey, and he couldn't get across the border. But that's pretty good. Anybody ever heard of Larry LaPaz? Larry LaPaz? He wrote the Hokey Pokey. He died a couple years ago. They had a hard time burying him. They put his left hand in, his left hand came out. It was, it was really bad. Tough. It was a mess, really. I mean, you couldn't get him in there. Name recognition here today, gone tomorrow. There, there are people, it, it is funny to me. I, I've, I've loved sports a, a lot of my life. I mean, I, I've, Kentucky basketball is kind of what we do. And, and they'll bring guys back. <laughs> like, I know the guys from today. Some guys on the team, like 10 or 15 years ago, they'll introduce them. And I'm thinking, I don't even remember who that was. I don't remember that guy. It, at one moment in time, he was the big man on campus. And then guys like from the 50s, I wasn't around. I got no idea who these people are. There, are. there are people who make a name for themselves today that you will never know who they are in 10 years, 15 years. Name recognition is here today and gone tomorrow. Now, you're going to leave a legacy. You might as well leave a legacy of service. I talk about my dad a lot. My dad was kind of a hero for me. By the way, my dad was far from perfect. And when I said a minute ago that we, we, we can be our best selves or we can be our worst selves, I saw my dad at his best. I saw my dad at his worst. I saw him at times where he, he made me feel small. Uh, I also had times where he made me feel great. He was complex. People are complex. But here's what I know about my dad. I never doubted that my dad had my best interest at heart when he gave me advice. If he advised me to do something, I knew his advice to me was for my benefit, not particularly for his. He always had my best interest. I always knew that. I knew my dad to be generous. When I was home a couple of, of months ago, mom told me about a guy that she had seen and told her a story about my dad. And evidently... Um, my dad and his friend had gone into Walmart, and, and on the way in, there was a guy there that had a sign that needed food or needed money. And there was nothing said between my dad and his friend. They kind of walked in, they got whatever they were going to get, and they were walking out. And on the way out, my dad handed this guy some money, kind of on the, on the pass as he was going through. No conversation particularly. He, he gave him the money. He said, you know, the Lord wanted me to give you this. Um... I trust that you're going to use it the right way. And he, he walked off. And dad modeled for me 
the opportunities that God gives us to give, we should at least consider giving. Now, again, he wasn't perfect. There was the kind of the, the, the bad side, the times where, you, you know, it wasn't always perfect. But, but he has a legacy. I don't remember these things too much. I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember how he loved me. I remember how he gave me advice for me. I remember how he um, was always there for me. I remember how generous he was. It's kind of legacy that I think we want to leave with people. So let's, let's think about a couple of questions, okay? Number one, what type of legacy am I going to leave? It's a great question to ask. I'm going to leave one, so what kind of legacy am I going to leave? Now, everybody knows this guy. His name is Dave Thomas. He's the founder of Wendy's, right? Now, Dave Thomas dropped out of school when he was quite young to, to work at a restaurant. And then he started his own restaurant, and he was adopted at six weeks old. So he started an, an adoption. Uh, it's called the Dave Thomas Foundation for adoption, to help make adoptions easier. Because he was adopted, that became the thing that kind of drove him. And, and he started, in, later in life, he started helping people with adoptions. Then he got to thinking, okay, he, he developed a name for himself, people were kind of looking to him, but he had dropped out of high school, and he was afraid that other people might want to emulate that. So at age 61, he went back to, high, went back to get his GED because he wanted to make sure he was going to leave a legacy of education. In fact, in his graduating class, he was voted most likely to succeed. So uh, that's pretty good, I think. He founded, listen, to the, the Dave Thomas Education Center, which offers courses for adults who are working toward their GED, as well as citizenship curriculum and programs for adults with disabilities. If you're going to leave a legacy, why not leave a legacy of service? I mean, serve somebody. Find somebody that you can serve. Find somebodies that you can serve. Find opportunities to serve. Most of you know who I am because I stand up here most every week. My service to you is to open the Bible and present a lesson, uh, some teaching, uh, preaching, hopefully that can impact your life and for the positive. I mean, I'm hoping that's what I do. My service to you is to study and to present in a way that hopefully captures your attention and uh, challenges you to to better Christian living. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. But understand something. I'm not the only person that serves you here. I've got a couple guys in the, the booth. They're running technology right now. They're, they're serving you. I've got a, a team of people on the other side of this wall who are keeping babies, and they're serving us right now. And, and if you don't think changing a diaper is a service to somebody, <laughs> uh, it, it's something that I hope to never do again. But however... Um, you ask the mother who has one less diaper to change if what the people in the back do isn't a service. I mean, it is a service to them, to our families. Um, we have guys greeting to service. We have folks who help us set up uh, our uh, refreshments every week. That's a service. Um, the Isles helped us with Operation Christmas Child. They are servants. There are people all over the place who are serving, and there are opportunities all over the place to serve. 
So, if I'm going to have a if I'm going to have a legacy, why not make it a legacy of service? The second question is, are the things I'm spending my time on legacy worthy? It's not really a hypothetical question. It's like, okay, I'm spending a lot of time. Is it really important what I'm spending my time on? Um, James 4 says, your life is like a mist. That's a happy little verse, isn't it? Here today, gone tomorrow. I mean, it's, it is... What it is. Randy Posh, who we talked about earlier, he, his life ended, I think he was 47 when he passed away. Our, our lives are, are short. They're brief. And so, your life is like a mist. Am I really investing my life in something that makes a difference and that's important? Another question. When will I get serious about my legacy? Because you should, someday, get serious about your legacy. Now, too many of us, uh, we are procrastinators. Anybody in here a procrastinator? I'd had more hands, but you, you waited. Uh, you know, I, I understand. Um, we, we sort of, we know it's time. We know it's like, oh, man, pastor talked about that. I really should. And so we, we say to ourselves, someday I'm going to. And then you fill in the blank. Someday I'm going to connect with my friends. Someday I'm going to do that. By the way, uh, I got a new phone number, got a local phone number on my cell phone, and so, you know, I've had this other number for a long time. So this last week, I texted all my friends, <laughs> contacts, I don't know if they're friends, I, I texted my contacts and said, hey, here's my new phone number. Super interesting to me. Some of these people I haven't, I haven't you know, really spoken to in two or three years. And I engaged in conversation, texting conversations with people I'd, I really didn't talk to for a long time. Some of the people I would have thought, I, in fact, do you have people in your contact list you're thinking, mm, I don't know if I'm going to contact them or not. I don't know that they would care if they had my new number. There was one guy I contacted, I, I thought to myself, I mean, I really kind of debated, had this internal struggle. I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to contact him or not, but I did. Man, we had the greatest conversation. We caught, caught up. We, we hadn't, when we, when we parted ways, we weren't. Like buddies, it was kind of one of those things where we sort of just kind of drifted away. And that's why I kind of didn't know if he would care. Well, he evidently cared, and it was grateful, and we talked about his life and what I was doing and that sort of thing. And Relationships are important. And this was just this greatest time for me to reconnect to people that I hadn't talked to in a long time. So, someday ought to be like now. Um... When am I going to get serious? Well, someday. Well, why don't, why don't you make someday now? Quit aiming and pull the trigger. Because here's the deal. Let's, let me give you some actions to consider. Start now. You're going to leave a legacy. You might as well start now. The second thing I, I'd like to you consider is cast a legacy vision. Again, like I said before, I have done too many funerals where I had to Make stuff up just to have something to say. Because the people who were closest to the person that died really didn't have much to say about them one way or the other. You don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. I, I want them, here's what I want. When it's funeral day, Joseph Best funeral day, I want them to have to cut off the conversation. I'm sorry, we don't have enough time for all this. Talk around when you're having the meal. Uh, that's what I, don't you want that? We've got too many people that want to say something nice. I, I want that. I want that for you. 
Too many people. We've got too many people that want to talk and say something nice. What we've got is a meal, and you can hang out, and you can chat about it at the meal. This is a pretty good ambition. Another question to consider, action to consider. Create a financial legacy. Time out, by the way, if you're a guest. I'm not, we're not talking about you giving. So, But look at what it says in Scripture. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is. Um, so you have to understand how I treat my finances is a reflection of who I am in my heart. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, Jesus said. Jesus knows what he's talking about. So am I generous with people? Do I understand that I should hold the things that I have loosely because it's all the Lord's anyway? It's kind of important. Another action to consider. Commit to a legacy of faith. We, we do church so that people who don't know Jesus can know about Jesus. We do church so that people who know Jesus can know more about Jesus and follow him closer. The most important decision a person will ever make is whether or not they're going to follow Christ. He has done so much for us, offering his life as a sacrifice in our place. And I, I would be a poor pastor if I didn't encourage you a legacy of faith means that you have made a commitment to Christ and that you're living out your commitment to Christ. If you've not done that, I would love to talk to you about that. I, I, that's what I, the thing I like to do most in life is tell people about Jesus. If you don't need to know, if you need to know about this, I'd love to tell you about it. One more thing. The key to all this is to acknowledge God. I, I need help. Let me go back to my little illustration here. There's the worst me and there's the best me. And to be the best me, I need help being the best me. In fact, the Bible says, Remember this and keep it firmly in mind. The Lord is God in heaven and earth, and there is no other God. He is powerful, and He can help us with this. And in Lamentations, it says, Great is God's faithfulness. His mercies are new every day. And I need His mercy every day to live out this faith. So, let's quick review. I'm going to live like I'm dying because I am dying. I'm going to love like I'm forgiven, and I'm going to do my best to leave a positive legacy. Let me end with kind of a quirky little illustration. This guy is the amazing Randy. He is a magician. All right? Every day, every day he would wake up, he would put on his coat, and he would write a note. And the note would say, whatever day it was, let's say today's November 12th, uh, 2017, he would write, Today is November 12, 2017. Today is the day I'm going to die. And he would fold it up and he would put it in his jacket pocket. And the next morning if he woke up, when he woke up, he would tear that note up and he would write a new note. Today is November 13, 2017. Today is the day I'm going to die. Because what he wanted is the day he died, somebody to find that note in his jacket and say, he predicted his own death. He is really amazing. He is amazingly stupid, because if that's what you... I mean, holy cow! He was working the crowd. He was working to leave a legacy that seriously is silly. If, I'm, if you're going to work that hard on your legacy, work on a legacy of generosity and service. 
That's what we should do. Lord, thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word. Help us to build our lives on a foundation that's solid and not on shifting sand. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.